Welcome to another edition of What Does He Say? A podcast dedicated to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we examine the things happening in the world around us and we talk about what God says about those things in His wonderful, glorious, and perfect Word. I'm your host, Dave Hotard. Thanks for joining us. Over the past several weeks, we've seen chaos around the world, global economic, social impacts, war happening between Ukraine and Russia as we record this podcast and things continuing to escalate on that front. So the question remains for all of us who are here and experiencing this currently is where do we turn? What do we put our faith in? Well, obviously for those that are saved, we continue to put our faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For those who are lost, I know many questions are being asked right now of where do we look for help? Where do we look for relief from this current situation? And what does that look like in the grand scheme of things? And unfortunately, every time those types of questions begin to surface in society, there are many, many folks out there that rush to the forefront to try to provide answers. And sometimes those answers are not accurate and not valid in how to have hope and faith in times like these. Well, that's what we're going to discuss this week. We're going to talk about false teachers, false doctrines that are being perpetuated from many fronts, but we'll focus on the spiritual side of things because, as mentioned, many folks around the world are now trying to find answers to these major, massive socioeconomic problems with very few on the horizon. Now, false teaching and false doctrine in terms of rhetoric regarding religion and faith and things bigger than this world, it's not anything new for years and years. And from basically the existence of the world as we know it and as we read about it in the Bible, false teachers, false prophets, false gospels have been spread throughout the course of that history. Well, it's no different today, except it takes many different forms now when we look at it from a total societal perspective and we talk about these false doctrines that are being thrown about. So we gear this podcast more towards those who are looking for answers as we want to equip them with what to look for and what to look out for as they hear these different gospels being spread throughout the world today. Because it's important for us to make sure that we understand that there is only one true gospel and one true answer that will provide relief for all of us during these difficult times, and that is the person, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. However, many people want to take the attention and the focus off of what Christ has done already for the entire world on the cross, as we've discussed in many weeks past, on a regular basis, and they want to focus more on the things that are in this world. So if you're looking for hope and you're looking for relief and people come to you and say, I have a solution, just beware of the following things. First and foremost, any religion or group that says that Jesus is not God, there's no divine authority in Christ, and that the Bible is not the definitive and authoritative word of God, this is definitely false gospel. Anyone who tells you the answers are in humanity, eh, that's a big negative as well. If anyone comes to you with some sort of gospel or doctrine that pushes the idea of becoming rich and being solely focused on financial gain and money, 
then you know that's not an accurate gospel. That's not something that's sustainable and certainly not something that will help you in these times. Because if we look at this from a global financial perspective and from an economic perspective, with the collapse of the world that is certainly happening around us at this point, you've seen it before, many countries have gone bankrupt and the currency that they use and utilize is no longer valid. There's no backing to it. There's no sustainability to it. The financial sector does not equal long-term support and answers to your problems. So throughout professing Christianity today, though, there are many teachers and quote-unquote church leaders out there that focus solely on money and growing their congregation and tithing and getting more seats filled inside of their churches to drive revenue. They treat the fellowship that should be present through modern-day Christianity, and they turn it into a business model, something they can make money off of. And they tell you, if you sow your seed, you'll get it back tenfold, and tithe, and the Lord will take care of you, and the Lord will help you, and the Lord wants you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and drive a nice car, and be one of the king's kids. Well, that gospel couldn't be further from the truth. If you look at the apostles throughout the Bible, they suffered. They gave up many of the physical things that they had. They gave up so much to follow Jesus. And believers in Jesus, after Christ died and resurrected, were persecuted beyond belief continually. And the Lord warned about that. Jesus himself told them, they will hate you for my name's sake. So this idea and this concept that money is somehow involved in blessing, well, the blessing's already been given. The greatest gift that Christ gave us was himself on the cross. There's no financial substitute to that, and there's not addition to that sacrifice to say, oh, also, by the way, I'm really going to fatten up your 401k and your checking account because I want you to be comfortable on this earth. The Lord prepares us for that. He says, you're not going to be comfortable. As a child of God, you are not going to be comfortable here because here on earth, is your temporary existence. This is not where you live full time. This is not what your eternity consists of. Your eternity is with me in my kingdom. This is not my kingdom. This is not of me. This is of the devil, this world. So this concept that money and wealth is somehow tied to blessing is absolutely false. So if you run into somebody that tells you that, understand that that is not biblical in any way and that the Lord has already provided you the greatest gift of all, and that's the sacrifice, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The other thing to look out for in church doctrine and religious doctrine as we see throughout the world today is the focus, and man continues to do this, and we've talked about it in podcasts past, is that man continues to focus on sin. And these congregations around the world want to drive the fact of sin and human contribution and the fact that your salvation is dependent on the amount of sin that you do or the amount of sin that you do not do. And this, again, is not biblical. Once you are saved, the Spirit will guide you in all ways to behave along your Christian walk. However, your sin, once saved, cannot lose you your salvation. There is nothing in the Bible that states that your sin post-salvation can send you to hell. 
Otherwise, as we've discussed again in the past, why would Christ have done what he did for us on the cross, tell us that the work was finished if he was just kidding and not serious about that promise and that free gift of salvation? And that's the other part about these churches that you hear, the people that continue to focus on sin, they tell you that you can lose your salvation, and they tell you that you can backslide and fall into these traps where you end up in hell after you've put your faith alone in Christ alone. I heard something from a great pastor who recently passed away. He was a wonderful man, uh, Greg Durrell of Heritage Bible Church in Terrytown, Louisiana, where I went and where I first learned about the Lord. Greg gave a great comparison, and it stuck with me still to this day. And we know that the Lord is happy to have Greg side by side with him now, and our thoughts and prayers go out to his family who are still here dealing with his loss. But one of the great things that Greg did teach us, and one of the best things he told me in terms of understanding the concept of how sin could not ruin your salvation once you're saved, is that he gave us the example of one of the most horrific human beings that has ever walked the face of the earth, and that's Adolf Hitler. So we look at Adolf Hitler from societal standards and we say, well, that was a terrible person. And by all judgment from the human perspective, we can constantly and 100% certainly say from our human judgment that Adolf Hitler is in hell. Well, do you know that if in that last moment before Adolf Hitler put the bullet through his head, and took his own life prior to getting captured. Do you know that if he accepted the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in just a second, in the moment prior to ending his own life, that Adolf Hitler is in heaven? Now that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way because we can't fathom that with all the horrific, terrible things that he did throughout his life. And clearly his testimony, if that is true, is not shining example of what a Christian should be, obviously. However, we don't know the content of anybody's heart. And that's a parallel that Greg was trying to relay to us in telling us that story, is that we never know the content of someone's heart. And we never know the belief that they have or the belief that they don't have in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As humans, we only can judge what their actions are, and we shouldn't even do that because we know whether it's right or wrong. However, we can't judge what the content of that person's heart is. So this also goes against some of the teachings of these churches that say that sin is still the issue, because it is not. It is not the issue. The issue is, and the mission is, for us as believers, is to proclaim the glorious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ about what he has already done. Not what we do and not what anybody else does, but what he has already done. So churches throughout the world spend their time focusing on sin when they should be spending their time and utilizing the platform that the Lord has blessed us with to talk about Jesus and his completed work. So again, if you're looking in, to trying to find answers and you have someone that tells you that sin is still the issue and that's what they believe and that you can lose your salvation once saved, run as far and as fast as you can from that group because that is not biblically accurate.
along with the issue of sin, many churches teach that sacraments and baptism and confirmation and communion and things like this are required for your salvation. Read through the church's mission statements. Read through the fellowship's mission statements. If they have anything that indicates that anything in addition to faith alone in Christ alone earns you salvation, run. Don't stick around. Don't see it out. Fundamentally, that is not biblically accurate. If somebody tells you that there is the Bible plus something, whether that be, oh, newly discovered texts, newly discovered words, uh, newly discovered gospels that have been revealed through some individual later on after the Bible has been written and given to us and we believe that it is the final authoritative definitive word of God, if we believe these things and someone comes along and tells you, well, the Bible's great, but I have this other book that tells us more about what God hasn't revealed to you, run. Get out of town. Go for the hills. That is not anything you want to be a part of. And we talk about these things not to call anybody out and to quote-unquote trash or bash anybody along the way, but we want to make sure that we're identifying what is true gospel and what is false gospel. And man, throughout the course of the world, has wanted to inject himself into faith alone and Christ alone and create what we know today as religion. Religion is evil. Religion is man-made. Religion is not good. And there is no pathway to salvation through religion. There is only salvation through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you think I'm lying about any of this, obviously, please go into the Bible. Talk to the Lord. Ask Him for guidance and continued wisdom and growth and knowledge in these issues. And let me know if anything I'm saying is off base. Because through what we read and what we know about what the Lord has told us through His Word is that these things are not a path to salvation. These things are not important, and these things are false teachings. So everything we've talked about is the definition of false doctrine. So let's go to the Word. We'll start in Matthew 7, verse 13. This is straight from the mouth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. 
Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So if we take Matthew 7, those verses, and we reference that against the will of the Father and the work of the Father, which is referenced in John 6, John chapter 6, and we'll read that right now, and we'll start in verse 28. Again, John chapter 6, we talk about the will of the Father and the work of the Father, and what does God want us to do? Well, it's very simple. As we take a look at John chapter 6, again, Jesus at this point was displaying miracles, the fishes and loaves, and then walking on water to display the fact that he is God to all the people around. And when people sought him out, when the ship was on the other side, after he walked on water, Jesus was talking to the people who had questions. And chapter 28 starts, Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Period. Nothing additional to that. Not believe on him who he hath sent, plus build a massive congregation, plus make a lot of money, plus do all of your sacraments, plus get huge followings to get the numbers up, plus build mega churches, plus go do mission work that doesn't involve witnessing about Christ, but building things, go do all of these things that are the Bible plus something because my grace is not sufficient. That's not what the word says. There's no plus. There's no addition to Jesus's words. It's believe on him whom he hath sent, period. Believe on him whom he hath sent, period. There's no more to do the work of God. The work of God has been completed, and it's the person, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So anybody who tells you that it's more complicated than that is giving you false doctrine. There's nothing you can do to add to the perfect gift of salvation. There's nothing you have to do to gain that salvation other than to believe in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, we've talked about this in the past, but I want to stress this continually, is that the Holy Spirit indwelled in you will take care of the rest. You don't have to worry about doing and doing and doing and continually asking for forgiveness that's already been given and a free gift that's already been provided to you. It's done. It's finished. So if anybody tells you that these things have to be added on to the perfect, beautiful, and glorious gift of salvation, and you need some religion to do this for you, and you need some guy to do this for you, or you need some lady to do this for you, it is false doctrine. It's just not true. The work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is complete, is sufficient, and is able to save us for eternity. Thus, the hope that we're all looking for in this lost and troubling time in this world is solely found in the person of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
that is it. It's so simple. And the objections I get all the time from the religious community or these false teachers or these false churches that have popped up, non-denominational, professing Christianity, these groups that want to attack people who say salvation is simplistic and it cannot be lost once we put our faith in Christ. People don't want to believe that it is that simple because at that point, Humanity is not needed. It never was. Christ came to be sin for us and to bear the burden for us so we would not have to. By saying that there is something to add to that free gift of salvation, you are spitting in the face of that free gift and directly in the eye of our Lord and Savior. It's just not right. So friends, please be encouraged by the good news that salvation is so simplistic, even a child can understand it. The Lord has given you a free gift that you can easily accept within the comfort of your own heart by yourself to establish that personal relationship with Jesus that is freely available to you. All you have to do is believe. The good Lord will take care of the rest. He's done all the work for you. He's setting up a place for you in eternity. And that is the good news. You cannot save yourself. You cannot unsave yourself. You cannot find a better answer because there is no answer other than Jesus to find comfort in this lost and dying world. So again, we tell you these things, friends, to help you keep an eye out for these false teachers and these wolves in sheep's clothing telling you that they know what's good for you and they can help you get to heaven and they have the answers. The only answers lie in the person of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Thank you once again for joining us, friends, and may the peace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be with you.